Hello listeners, this is going to be the episode number five of this podcast. And in this episode, I interviewed a student called Anna. And the reason I invited her is because she is one of my black belts. So if you're not acquainted to that expression, an IELTS black belt, an IELTS speaking black belt, would be the student that achieved the CLB 10. So the CLB 10 is a benchmark that Canada applies for immigration purposes, right? So when you reach the CLB 10, it's like another level of game, right? You will receive a higher score in the immigration process. So that would be the icing on the cake, right? So I invited Anna to talk about her experiences and her journey as an IELTS speaking Black Belt. So I hope you all enjoy. This episode is going to be available also on YouTube and on my Instagram profile, Blimey English. Let's get started. You are listening to Blimey Cast. For more information, check my Instagram profile, Blimey English. Hello everybody and welcome to another video and this is going to be a very special video because today I will start a new series of episodes and this is going to be a whole series about interviews with my black belt. So just for you to understand the concept of it, the black belt would be a student, a candidate that has achieved the CLB 10 in IELTS. That means to get a score of 7.5 or above in the speaking test of the IELTS. And to start this episode, to start this season, I've got today the pleasure to talk to Anna. Anna was my first black belt, and we are going to have a bit of a chat about how she managed and how she prepared herself to get to that level, right? So, First of all, Anna, thank you so much for accepting this invitation. I thank you for being here. Uh, thank you. Thank you for inviting me for this. Uh, I have to say that I miss your classes, uh, but I ha I, I'm glad that I don't have to take them anymore. <laughs> that's true. That's true. And just, Anna, just to quickly introduce yourself, I'm going to say, and then you can add all the information you have, that you have... Uh, profile related to Canada. Is that it? Yeah. And um, her profile is um, Vivendo in Waterloo, right? Yeah, that's it. Okay. I used to live in Hamilton, but then I moved to Waterloo, so mm -hmm. I changed the name of my profile. Uh huh. And that's it. That's it. I'd like you to start telling us a bit about your story. How you decided to go to Canada when? Did you decide to go to Canada? Okay, so everything started when I was 15 years old. Mm -hmm. I had a friend. It wasn't a friend, but it was some, some guy that I knew. And he came to Canada to study English. And on that time, it was possible to study English and work at the same time. Oh. So his mother was showing us the pictures that he sent. Mm -hmm. uh, he was... Uh, studying English and working in a um, ski station at the same mm -hmm. time and he was he was having parties he was meeting with people from all over the world and mm -hmm. 
I don't know. I got so excited about that thing that I, I wanted to do the same thing. Was he living in, in which city? Uh, Toronto. Oh, mm -hmm. I, I think, I think so. <laughs> so that would be your first, the first city you were planning to go or, or not? Uh, no, actually it was more Canada in general. All mm -hmm. the snow, all the, that thing, all the pictures that she showed me that day. Uh, I don't know. I got so excited about the, that experience. I, I just wanted to have that, that experience. I didn't want to leave abroad or move to another country. I just wanted to have that kind of experience. Itself. So at that time, or since that time, did you have this idea of going for studying or not? Uh, I had the idea for going to study English, just mm -hmm. English, not, uh, oh. some, yeah, not a graduate course or something like that, mm -hmm. just English. Uh, I went to some agencies uh, to know more about the costs and how, what should I do to come here. Mm -hmm. And on the same was, year. So was, which year was that? Uh, when I first heard about the, the thing, I was 15 mm -hmm. years old. So oh. it was, oh my gosh, should I, should I pay that? <laughs> Please I'm don't. Gonna, I'm going to say, I'm going to say I was 15. I'm not going to give you the year. Uh -huh. um, I went to an agency, like I had saved some money and everything to finally pr uh, start my project. And on the, that same year, I was told that uh, Canada wasn't allowing anymore for students to come study English and work at the same time. Mm -hmm. I could come to study English, but I have to. I had to bring all the money, and I had to have the um, financial capacity of mm -hmm. supporting myself here. Yes, and yes. that was not an option for me. Like mm -hmm. it was so hard to save the money for the that option, like mm -hmm. the, um, because there was always a minimum you had to bring and everything, mm -hmm. but. Uh, it was a different number if I if I was able to work. Mm -hmm. And did you manage to go just for that, just to study English, or you left that for later? No, no, I left that. Um, the agency showed me some other countries like mm -hmm. uh, New Zealand, Ireland, but I don't know. I had that thing with Canada. Mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. It wasn't just uh, to go abroad and study English. Oh, I see. It was English in Canada. I want to Canada. You have always dreamed of Canada. Canada, right? yeah. For mm -hmm. some reason. I, I don't know the, the reason why I had that feeling, but for me, I just wanted Canada. Mm -hmm. um, how, how, did, how was that transition between going to study English and going and deciding to go for college? So uh, after I, fi I found out that it, was, it wouldn't be possible to mm -hmm. come to, to do the, the English project, I kind of left it aside. Um, mm -hmm. I was doing different plans for my life. Did it take long? Yeah, actually, uh, I kind of left that dream. Uh, mm -hmm. like I abandoned that dream mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and I give up about coming to Canada. Mm -hmm. oh. So I would say 
three years later, yeah, three years later, mm -hmm. I was just living my life, working, and I was planning to get married. Mm -hmm. So before uh, my husband and I get married, mm -hmm. we decided to go abroad. Like Yes, that was the thing I was going to, to ask you. Did your husband always wanted to go to Canada too, or that was your thing? Tell us about uh, that. Firstly, it was my thing. Mm -hmm. uh, when I was going to the agencies, I was I was going by myself. Like I was mm -hmm. dating with him. We we were already dating, but mm -hmm. he uh, he lent me his car, and mm -hmm. I was going to the agencies. I remember I got home with the papers and everything related to that. But uh, I, and then I asked him, um, mm -hmm. you don't you don't have that feeling like um, you don't feel the same. Like you're uh -huh. not interesting to to go abroad or something like that, and then he said, um, "I wouldn't go just to study English because my plan was to spend like at least six months. So mm -hmm. it wasn't just um, just something that I could do during my vacation, for example." Mm -hmm. You so wanted said, to study there, right? You wanted yeah, to I leave there. Not leave. Like I I wanted to spend more time because, mm -hmm. in my opinion. Uh, one month wasn't enough. I wanted to go for more time, like mm -hmm. three or at least six months, I remember. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So he said that I wouldn't go for six months because uh, I would have to leave my job. I would have oh. to, um, like, it, he, he wouldn't be able, and, and I wouldn't be able to continue mm -hmm. my life from the point that I stopped. Mm -hmm. So he said, if there was an option, to go and stay there, I would do oh. that. But I wouldn't do something to just go for it a period of time and then come back. Mm -hmm. So that was his idea. But at that time, uh, we didn't know about any program, any option to mm -hmm. to to come to Canada. Like but if I'm not permanently, mm -hmm. but if I'm not mistaken, you told me once that then you decided to go to study, right? To, to do a college, right? Yeah, uh, that was, um, so just just a period of time, uh, we decided to go abroad mm -hmm. in a way that as we're not going anywhere, as we're going to get married and stay here, let's at least mm -hmm. have some experience. So we went to Germany and after that, our idea was just go there and come back. Oh, Germany. So yeah. We just whose well, idea was that? It was his idea, <laughs> but we just went there because it was a country that we didn't need uh, any sort of visa or any mm. anything different than that. We mm -hmm. didn't have to spend money. We would just need to buy the tickets and mm -hmm. make our reservations, and oh. that's it. We didn't need to concern about applying for a visa. Did you live there for for a long time or not? No, we just we just went on vacation. Like oh, we just spent just uh, ten days. Oh. It was just to know a different country, a different culture. To and that was your first experience. My first experience. Yeah, my first international experience. Mm -hmm. But we just went there like for fun, not. Mm -hmm. was... And when you returned? And when we returned, that that thing uh, became stronger. That feeling. Uh, of living abroad and you know 
moving yes. from Brazil. Living the dream, right? Yeah. <laughs> but now the Canadian dream, right? Yeah. But then uh, I saw some friends coming to Canada. Mm-hmm. And every time I saw someone going abroad that was not just vacation, I went there. What are you doing there? How did you get there? Mm-hmm. And, you know, I was asking questions. And uh, when I saw the third person doing that college thing and then oh. talking about the, 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 the options after that, like, I came here to study and after that I can apply to become a permanent mm-hmm. resident and everything. Mm-hmm. Then I, it was when I... Um, searched more about the program and, and I the saw as an option yeah mm-hmm. and when did you find out that you would need to take IELTS to go because I think you you took IELTS for college first right yeah yeah so uh, to be uh, admitted in a college program you have to show some level of English Mm-hmm. And you have to prove that, and one of the ways is taking the, the IELTS test, mm-hmm. uh, but the academic version. Mm-hmm. And at that time, you were thinking, or were you thinking about preparing, or just, did you speak English already? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I studied for almost eight years in Brazil, mm-hmm. so I had some level of English. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't know anything about the test, mm-hmm. but the score to enter a college is not that high. So mm-hmm. I thought it would be possible to go for the test mm-hmm. without any specific preparation for that. I see. I see. And you took um, the IELTS test at that time. And how was the, the experience, the first experience with IELTS? Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I was really nervous. Uh, I have that feeling with any kind of test. Mm-hmm. And um, it was hard, uh, but it was, I don't know, because uh, it was in Brazil, so oh. the teacher okay there, in Brazil. yeah, the first test mm-hmm. was in Brazil. And... I don't know, the, the people there, they speak English, they're not uh, fluent or, uh, I mean, they are fluent, of course, uh, but I mean, they are not... Uh, not a native level. Native, yeah, they're not native speakers. Mm-hmm. So, I wouldn't say it was easy, but I, I achieved the, the score that I need just studying with the um, material that was provided on the, when you subscribe for the course. Mm-hmm. That was going to be one of my questions for you. If you have um, looked for some IELTS prep classes at that time or not, but you just told us that you no. study alone, right? No. By yourself. Yeah. yeah, I studied by myself and I, I just watched some YouTube. Mm-hmm. For, for how long? Mm, I would say almost two months. Mm-hmm. But I, yeah. yeah. But uh, it wasn't regular, that regular. I started reading some things, watching some videos, and then two weeks before the test, it's, um, it was when I really dedicated myself to... Focused. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like to, to spend at least two hours studying for that. Mm-hmm. At that time, 
which part of the test would you say was the hardest? Um, I would say speaking. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. At that part, because why? Why? Yeah, uh, because when we are studying, we try to read about other ex uh, other students' experience, which kind of questions mm -hmm. they were they were asked. Um, you know, we just read about that and we practice mm -hmm. based on that. But the mm -hmm. truth is when that you really when you came to face the test, yeah. it was different. Right? Yeah, it, it is different. It's not something mm -hmm. that you saw before. It was, was about it? teenagers. Um, like the first three questions were the, the, the regular questions about where you mm -hmm. live, what do you do, do you work or study? For that one, I was already prepared. But mm -hmm. after that, uh, she came with a question, uh, do you need any specific training? For uh, your job, mm -hmm. oh. so and it then was you were yeah. So at that time, yeah, it was the third question because she just asked me if I worked or study where and if I needed mm -hmm. something specific for that. And at that third question, you were not like at the, yeah, I wasn't expecting that. So and that's quite true. That and, is quite true because usually people say that they are going to make those questions every single time right mm -hmm. but that is not true no. and as you just told sometimes we don't know what is going to happen right what mm -hmm. kind of questions we are going to receive right and then you're not expecting those questions so mm -hmm. when she asks you're like uh, i don't know what to say or mm -hmm. i don't know you your, have your mind that. is just frozen yeah right? and and even uh, she asked me some questions that I never thought about in Portuguese, even in Portuguese. So uh -huh. to formulate an idea about that in English. Some students report the same feeling, right? When you receive a question they were not expecting. At the first moment, you freeze. And there's a, a quote of um, an author that I really like. I really like to read his books. And he's called Adam Neville. And he says... Uh, in one of his books, the character was so short that he was trying to thaw his mind from the shock. You're like frozen, and then you, I need to say something, I need to say something. And mm -hmm. if you're not prepared, you're going to say something wrong. Yeah, yeah. Right? Mm -hmm. You're going to ruin your test. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and I left the test. The, mm -hmm. the speaking part was, um, I think it was on a Thursday mm -hmm. and the rest of my test would be on a Saturday. So uh -huh. it was two days before the rest of the test. And I left the um, the center, the center um, feeling that I won't get the score that I need. Oh. Uh, I don't know if I should come on Saturday. <laughs> <laughs> but then you, you came back, right? Yeah, yeah. Just... I came back again. And you did. <laughs> like, it. Yeah, I had. Okay, so, so then you, you went there and you got your results. You, how was it? Was it quick from the date you got your results to the day you traveled to Canada? Uh, I got my results in November. Mm -hmm. uh, it was 2017. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, 2017. 
I got my results in November and well after that some things happened like my visa was uh, refused and so I took a little longer to come to Canada but it was almost a year later oh and just a, a quick interruption here for those of you who might be in the same situation college visa and you should talk to her or at least should visit her profile because she talks about many many situations like that so she definitely can give you a hand on this right yeah but i have to say that i uh, i made my process all by myself just oh. studying the um, immigration website, website. Mm -hmm. so um whatever i can give some tips or you know some um mm -hmm. to, to share your, your to knowledge, share right? yeah share. Share because it's all about our own experiences and how yeah. we deal with them right yeah that's just that's just quite cool before coming to Canada, my my idea was to share more more about my life, but uh, I didn't imagine how crazy all the the experience would be. But I'm giving uh, I'm focusing more on those kind of uh, things, more related to tips or something that is really different here mm -hmm. in Canada. All right. You're not gonna see my pictures in my profile. <laughs> Just relevant information, yeah. right? Good. Good to know. And um, okay, so later on, when you grad, when you were graduating, right, mm -hmm. at your college, you decided to take IELTS again. I mean, it's not that you decided; you needed to yeah. take IELTS yeah. again, right? I How know. was it? <laughs> so, I came here to take a one-year course. Mm -hmm. My idea was to have the one year of work permit that I would have after the course, just to wait for my permanent residence pro um, process. And so I decided to take the IELTS before finishing my course because I needed to know how, how I was after some time living in Canada, uh, living in English, you know, because it is different. It is uh totally different do, do you think immersion itself helped you or, or not that much oh yeah yeah uh of course it helped mm -hmm. it helped develop my english uh i didn't have any op any other option than mm -hmm. speaking english you know like in college with my friends at work so mm -hmm. i had to speak in english mm -hmm. because uh, i i normally get questions like that if immersion helps but well, i i tend to say that immersion helps if you are doing the things you need to do right because by itself if you're only there living abroad you would not help you if you're not doing the things you need like if you're not interacting with people and using the language yeah right yeah. and you were doing that yeah that's that's the part uh, that is important use the language because mm -hmm. if you come here and just uh stay with uh, hanging out with Brazilians, uh, mm -hmm. just watching uh, TV from Brazil. Mm -hmm. We did that. We did that at home. Like we were watching some YouTube videos from Brazil. Uh, we were talking at home in Portuguese, but uh, at the same time, uh, the most part of our lives was in English. Mm -hmm. Yes, that's it. Mm -hmm. and Go on, you're going to say something. I, I would say that uh, at that time I thought, um, before coming I thought that 
after six months, that was the time that I planned to mm -hmm. to go abroad and study English. I'm going to be fluent. They might um, <laughs> they might not know if I'm Brazilian or Canadian. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> how is it? T tell us a bit more about that. <laughs> yeah, like I thought I would. Uh, I don't know. I thought I would improve my English in a in a level that I would be so fluent. But that was not what happened. Of course, it improved, but not on that level. I, I think most of the time, what we try to do is translate from Portuguese to English, and mm. that is not right. That's true. So I That's thought. True. Uh, so I think immersion uh, helps you to start uh, thinking in English, living mm. in English, and instead of translating everything. Mm -hmm. That's true. That's I quite know. true. I feel that that's, that's what happened. Mm -hmm. Because I once watched a TED talk. I can't, I can't remember the name of the, the professor giving it, giving the lecture, but he said that immersion itself is not worth it because it's like a drowning man, right? A drowning man doesn't learn how to swim, mm -hmm. right? Because he's there all surrounded by water and he doesn't know how to swim. So yeah. immersion itself, doesn't help you if you're not doing the things you need to do in order to improve, right? That's mm -hmm. the thing. Yeah, mm -hmm. that's the thing. But uh, speaking about that second IELTS attempt, did you think at the time it would be easier? Yeah. Was it? Um, yes and no. <laughs> <laughs> it was easier because uh, I had a previous experience, so I knew the structure of the test, how it's going to be, and what they expect from me. But at that time, I needed a higher score. Yeah. And that would be what people, most of people aim for, the CLB 9, right? Yeah. Which, in speaking, means 7. seven. Is that it? Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Yes, to get the CLB 9, CLB which is nine. mandatory that you have 8 in listening and 3, 3, 3, in reading, writing, and speaking, right? Yeah, yeah, seven, mm -hmm. seven, seven. Seven, seven, seven. Oh, the triple seven. <laughs> triple seven, yeah. Mm -hmm. And at that time, um, what were you doing? What were you doing to improve your speaking skill at that time? Okay, so I made the mistake mm -hmm. thinking that I was already practicing. I felt at that time that my English was better than when I came a lot. So because, you were, you were because it, I was right? there, yeah, I was using it every day. Mm -hmm. For yeah. at that time, uh, for six months. So I, I felt my, that my English had improved. Mm -hmm. uh, but I forgot that the IELTS test is not just about English. That's true. That's quite true. Yeah. It's not about English. It's, it's about not... preparing yourself for a very specific purpose. That's yeah. the test, which yeah, is designed to be hard, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And, um, okay, how were you preparing? How were you studying? Or if you were studying, right? Because you, you just told that you thought you were okay to take the test again because you were using the language. How were you studying or thinking you were studying for IELTS before having the classes with me? 
So to be honest, I was doing the same thing I did in Brazil mm -hmm. uh, before taking the academic version, because for me that kind of worked. Mm -hmm. You know, um, I got the score that I needed. Mm -hmm. So with that feeling that my English was better, and I already knew the test. Okay, I should receive a higher yeah. score. Right? Yeah, mm -hmm. I can mm -hmm. do that. Mm -hmm. So I, I was just again studying at home, watching YouTube videos, uh, checking specific websites about IELTS, mm -hmm. reading the common questions that were asked on like you know the students sharing their experience, mm -hmm. practicing that, but I didn't have uh, I didn't have a feedback mm -hmm. about how uh, how how I was doing that. That's the thing. That's the thing you didn't know, right? Yeah, I didn't know. I was mm -hmm. just uh, hoping that they, they they asked me the some question that I knew how to answer. Yes, like, and unfortunately, hoping is not a strategy, right? No, not at all. Not at all. Uh, yeah. So, um, how? So you decided to take IELTS, and how was it? Go on. Before, I think you, you took IELTS before having classes before, right? Yeah. Uh, to be honest, before taking the test, I even uh, came to some English teachers about IELTS to, uh, to, to have some tests, yeah, to mm -hmm. estimate the price or something. And I thought it was expensive. Mm -hmm. And then I decided to study by myself again. So this is quite interesting because to your mind, you were thinking that you have improved enough just with immersion, right? Mm -hmm. And just before, and just because you were using the language, but yeah. then you found out that you needed to prepare for the test, right? Yeah. So uh, I'm going to I'm going to start with my first experience here in Canada. Okay. Mm -hmm. Um. At that time, the um, we already had the computer-based test. Mm -hmm. It was something new, uh, but uh, it, we didn't... In Canada. Yeah, it was something new in Canada, So, mm -hmm. but we didn't have that in my city, at least. Okay. At the, that time, we were living in Canada, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So we didn't have that uh, option in mm -hmm. Hamilton. So I could, go, I could go to Toronto to take mm -hmm. the test there, but I decided to not... Uh, I, I decided to save that money. Mm -hmm. So I decided to save the money of the English teacher, the transportation for Toronto mm -hmm. to take the, the computer version. Mm -hmm. And I took the paper-based uh, version in Hamilton. Mm -hmm. So on the same day, I had the speaking part. How was it? Um, I was lucky. Because on the third part, the examiner, he, um, he asked me something uh, that, that was about the, the course that I was studying. Oh. So it was about international business, import, export. It um, was yeah, it was my, yeah, but it was something that I knew what to talk about. That was a good surprise then. Yeah. Because yeah. that doesn't have um, quite often. I right? don't think so. <laughs> it was like a coincidence. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And speaking about the speaking test, which part 
you think or you used to think it was the worst for you? One, two, three. The second part. Mm -hmm. The second part was the worst. Why? Uh, because at that part, you have to speak uh, like non-stop. You are given a task card or a cue card with a topic and some, with a question and some topics for you to talk about for up to two minutes. That's yeah. it. So when you think about two minutes, two minutes is a short <laughs> period of time. Mm -hmm. But when you have to speak, mm -hmm. when you're there, non-stop, the yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah, and I, I don't know, for me, that is the, the, the worst part of the test. Mm -hmm. and how was it? How was the, that, excuse the, the scores? Did you get the scores you needed? Uh, on that, at that time, I got, I got a seven. Mm -hmm. um, but my problem was the listening part and the mm -hmm. writing. Uh, so on my first test, I didn't get the score in listening and writing. Mm -hmm. And I got in speaking, I got seven was the, the minimum score. That and I then had. I think you even thought about taking the selfie, right? So yeah. Tell, tell a bit more. Yeah, uh, some people were saying that selfie was easier than IELTS. Mm -hmm. uh, to be honest, I, I don't know, I felt that I already knew the structure and all the tips, all the other things that I need to know about IELTS. So I didn't mm -hmm. take CELPIP. Uh, after I got, my, I got my scores and I realized that my problem was listening, was on the, mm -hmm. the listening part, I decided to go uh, to the computer version of the mm -hmm. test. I see. Mm -hmm. So uh, I actually took IELTS two times more before taking CELPIP. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And how was it with, with CELPIP? Terrible. Because <laughs> <laughs> it is a totally different test, right? If I remember, so you speak to a computer, right? Uh, yeah, all the parts uh, are in the computer. Even the speaking part, you don't speak with mm -hmm. a person, you speak with the computer, it's like, it's not some questions that you might have an answer, that you might have an experience about it. It's just something, you have to pretend you're talking to a friend, pretend mm -hmm. you're talking oh, to your boss, mm -hmm. uh, you know? So you have to pretend you're, you're talking to people that are not there. I remember the first question was uh, to give some advice for my, for my friend. And then again, you have like, one minute to speak, mm -hmm. and you have that thing. Uh, you read the question, you have 30 seconds to prepare, and then mm -hmm. the, the thing says, uh, start speaking now. And then you have to start speaking as mm -hmm. you were speaking with a friend. I see, um, but in front of a computer. In front of a computer with more people in the same room. Oh, more people speaking at the same time. Yeah, mm, yeah. That is different. It's yes, different. it's different. Mm -hmm. It's different. So passing through that situation, then I think then was the time that we started having classes, right? Yeah. Yeah. Have, have you taken um, uh, CLB ten before having the classes? I think. On yeah, speaking, no, no. On speaking part, mm -hmm. no. Uh, actually, what happened was on my first part, I got the seven. I got seven, the, the score seven, that I did. On my second one, I got seven. I got even a 7.5 on the writing. Mm -hmm. But 
but I didn't get on listening again. Then on my third test, I got the listening. Reading I was always getting, but I didn't get on writing and speaking. So uh, instead of being more prepared, because I took the test three uh, and that on that, that third time, I had three experience denials, like the academic version and two general versions. So my my score in speaking decreased. You you kind of entered internet descent, right? Yeah, and mm-hmm. the same thing happened on my speaking on Salpip. The speaking oh. part was my was my worst one. It in was the, the only yeah. It was the only um, band mm-hmm. that I didn't get the score that I needed in Salpip. That was the part that I thought would be better that would have improved mm-hmm. more because I was practicing I was speaking with people every day yeah, so before other- having the classes you had decreased your speaking score to 6.5 again right? 6.5 yeah mm-hmm. I don't remember if it was 6.5 or even 6 mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yes and then we started having the classes I started to feed you with all those techniques and information and then eventually Eventually, I mean, in time, after applying all those techniques, you became a black belt, right? So what did you feel when you saw your marks? Uh, oh, my God. Uh, <laughs> I feel so relieved because after seeing my score, I had that feeling I don't have to take that test never mm-hmm. again. Mm-hmm. That's the definition. Yes, I, I, I can clearly see that because what most of people are aiming for is to get the CLB9 and also the, the scores they need in order to not need IELTS anymore. But you not only did it, you not only managed it, but you also got CLB10. So yeah. that helped you a lot in your immigration process, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah, because it was so helpful for my score. Uh, Mm -hmm. At that time, uh, the score for the the immigration process was really high. Um, I'm not sure now, I don't remember uh, the simulations that I did, if I got the the CLB 9, just the Mm -hmm. 9, if I would uh, be able to get the the invitation for the, Mm -hmm. the permanent residency. Yes. That's true. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's kind of story, right? Your your path with IELTS, things from the academic version to the general version, a black belt and speaking black belt, uh, IELTS taken. And let me ask you some things now, because because some people don't really understand or see how preparation or proper preparation can help, right? So do you think uh, people should look for help right in the beginning or they should, okay, let's see what I can do alone first and then I will look for help if I need? Okay, so first of all, the test is an expensive test. Mm -hmm. So in Brazil, it was 800 reais. And mm-hmm. here in Canada, it is 
Three hundred and twenty dollars. Mm -hmm. So it is a lot of money. That's true. And so considering that, uh, I would say people have to look for help because I don't think the classes, the price, the price. of the, the classes uh, are more than a second test. Mm -hmm. So see, I, I actually spent... Uh, I actually had to pay for Considerable five amount of tests. Money. Mm -hmm. I had to That's pay for five tests mm -hmm. because That's on my true. first one, because before taking my first test, I didn't want to spend money with that mm -hmm. because I thought I would be able to prepare by myself. Mm -hmm. I thought I... my English skills were uh, enough mm -hmm. to get the score that I needed. So definitely we can see how not looking for help or for classes or for preparation or proper preparation would be not only time wasting but also money, money wasting, wasting. Right. and you know what ha I, I think what happened to me uh, was that I had that feeling before mm -hmm. taking my first test mm -hmm. my English is better now I'm gonna get this score I actually got Mm -hmm. So, uh, when I saw my problem was another thing, um, I thought I was prepared, so I was ignoring that, mm -hmm. you know, I was just ignoring that, uh, okay, that is not a problem for me anymore. Yes, my you, you kind of assume, right, yes. you're assuming yes. that you yes. don't need that anymore. And then I was um, taking the test again and again, mm -hmm. but, be and, but because I was desperate, I was getting worse. Another thing I want to ask you is that this really intrigues me. Is what is clear for you today as an IELTS speaking black belt that might not be that clear for white belts? And when I say white belts, I would say people taking the IELTS for the first time. What would be clear for you today that might not be clear for them? So again, I would say that IELTS is not about English. Mm -hmm. It's not just about English. Uh, there is a structure about the test. Um, there are some requirements mm -hmm. that the examiners are waiting, are expecting sure. from you. Some, te some techniques you should some, apply. Yeah, yeah. That's so it. with the right techniques, you can um, fulfill. Can I say that? Fulfill mm -hmm. the expectations. I was thinking about that word. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Fulfill the expectations. The expectations of the examiner. So that way you're going to get a good score mm -hmm. because you're not just there speaking English. You, you are, are using English. the techniques, mm -hmm. the tools. Mm -hmm. I don't know if I can call it tools, but. Um, yeah, so you are using the, the structure, you are doing what they want. So it's not just about knowing which kind of questions they do. It's not just about knowing first yes. part. Yes. They're going to ask you about some uh, personal questions. Second mm -hmm. part, they're going to give you a card. You have to speak mm -hmm. about this is just know about the structure of the test. Mm -hmm. But not about what uh, how to answer. Yeah, how to answer that because there is a right way. Um, now I would say that there is a, a right way 
of answering mm -hmm. those questions. That is quite true because the the questions you can look for them on the internet. You will see a plethora of questions, a plethora of people taking mock tests, but those are just the questions. And there is a difference between uh, answering and knowing how to answer yeah. the questions. Right? Yeah, and that's the mm -hmm. uh, that's the specific part that having someone guiding you is different from just looking for some content on the internet. Mm -hmm. Yes. And what would you what would be in your opinion for people watching and listening to us, mostly the white bears, people who have never taken the outset. So there's um this terminology, these names I give them. It's like a comparison between the Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, which is a martial art, that you need to know the techniques, the right techniques to apply on the IELTS test. So what would be, in your opinion, the worst mistake people make when preparing for the IELTS? Mostly when they're preparing alone. Mm, so... <laughs> I, I think I'm being repetitive about my answers, but uh, again, it is so important to understand that the IELTS is not just about English. Uh, I don't know what else to say. <laughs> and this is true because it's ju just reinforced the importance yeah. of understanding this, right? So having someone uh, listening to your answer, to your uh, the, the way you were mm -hmm. uh, taking the test, let's say, mm -hmm. because mm -hmm. during our uh, practices, we weren't doing that. We That's were true. simulating the, the test mm -hmm. environment, mm -hmm. the, the test questions. Yes. And I was showing you the way mm -hmm. I was answering them. That's true. And, and most of the time, uh, I was doing it in a wrong way. Okay. I'd say that that is because it's not that you didn't know English, because you clearly did at that time. but. The thing is to know how to use your English in the right way for the IELTS test, right? Yeah. That's the thing. Yeah, even uh, even simple things. For example, let's say uh, the examiner asks some question that you were not prepared for that. Mm -hmm. So instead of staying there, um, um, you know, like uh -huh. doing, I did that. Uh huh. Uh huh. <laughs> And now, now I noticed that, that I was mm -hmm. just doing that to take some time to think about what I was going to answer. There are some techniques that, yeah, there that are some techniques for you can apply for that situation, even when you're not um, prepared for the question. Mm -hmm. So that's, I would say that is, that is the main difference between having someone helping you and studying by yourself. But at mm -hmm. least practice one, two or three times. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. With a teacher having some feedback on how to improve that mm -hmm. is uh, essential. Yes, that's true. That's true. Okay, we have come to at least the end of my topics for this interview, but I have also posted some days ago uh, a box on Instagram so people could ask or pose some question that I would make for you here. Uh, of course, I have filtered them because there were a lot of questions that were inserted in what I said, and 
in what we talked about. When I said I'm going to interview one of my black belts and, and about how she managed to do that, what I've got here for you is someone asked if you remember in this last task, the one you got your CLB 10 in speaking, what was the topic of your test? Do you remember the topic of your speaking test? Um, on the first part of the test, she mm -hmm. was asking about my personal life, mm -hmm. but in a different way. She just asked where I, where I was living, mm -hmm. if I had plans to move somewhere else and why. That is something uh, really interesting about the test as well. Even if sometimes she doesn't ask why, it's good if we give some reason for our mm -hmm. answers. Mm -hmm. That's true. Uh, but at that time, she asked why. Uh, she asked what I like, what I liked about the city that was that I was uh, living at that time, mm -hmm. and something that I didn't like, mm -hmm. and why. Uh, if I prefer coffee or tea. That is quite a question that is coming back these days. Lots of students have reported that one. Ah, uh, really? Mm -hmm. uh, then she asked if I, if I, um, how, um, how often I was wearing jeans oh. and why jeans became so popular, mm -hmm. something like that. Uh, how about the second part? On the second part, um, so the second, <laughs> the second part was about some event that I went. Mm -hmm. No, I'm lying. Um, <laughs> the second part was about some uh, something that happened that I, that I celebrated mm -hmm. somehow. Mm -hmm. So I was talking about. I told her I got a new job, that I got a promotion at my job, and I, I talk about it, like, uh, what did I do? So, what did I do to celebrate that? Something like that. Mm -hmm. Good. And the third part, I mean, to me, was something related Something to related that, to right? that. It was about celebrations in my country. Mm -hmm. uh, the difference, uh, the difference between celebration of um, birthday of old people and young people and she asked me if if I thought that the government should financially support some events why mm -hmm. so every time she was I, I had to give my answer and explain why mm -hmm. why mm -hmm. if, if I didn't give her the answer or sometimes as we practiced uh, I was giving the reason like mm -hmm. Oh, I don't agree with that because then when I was starting to say because she was why why did you say I'm giving the reason already? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like I was already giving her the reason. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, it was basically that. So personal preferences, celebrations, and then the third part is usually somehow related to the second yes. part. I yes, noticed yes. that. Um, they link and go further. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay, That's the, the next... What? That's the definition. The, the next question they made was, what have you done to achieve CLB10? Well, we talked about that, right? But yeah. were you expecting it? Were you expecting to, to get the CLB10 or it happened more as if um, consequences of your training to be um, 
IELTS fighter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's like that battle, right? Especially for me that I took the test so many times. So uh, I wasn't expecting uh, CLB 10, but when I left the room of the test, I was sure. I was sure mm -hmm. that I got the, 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 at least the score that I needed. And that was the first time that I left the room with that feeling. Oh, you were that confident. Yeah, I was confident that time mm -hmm. because I was able to apply everything we were talking about, everything we were preparing. Every technique we, we've seen. Every, I wouldn't say every, but some of it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, um, it was it was totally different from uh, what I was doing uh, before. It was, um, I have to say that. All right. So we had other questions here, but those questions that I make, we ended up talking about them during the conversation. So I will not ask you anything else to say. I just want to thank you once more. Uh, Can ask I ask you a question? Go on. Go on. <laughs> Uh, so I would like to ask, uh, what is the difference that you notice on my first, on our first class from the, our last class, let's say, or at least after some time of preparation? From the first class yeah. to the last one. Because I'm pretty sure my first class was a disaster. <laughs> I remember, I remember. It was a disaster, I wouldn't say that, but what I could clearly see during your development and your improvement was the augmentation of your skills to apply the right techniques, proficiency in the art and in the techniques that needed to be applied in the IELTS. That's the thing. You came to me speaking a good level of English already. That was clear. But you just didn't know how to use your level of English with the right techniques applying the right techniques during the test. So that would be the major influence I can see here. Because then, at the last class, I could say, okay, now my spirit is light because I know she's going to take the test with all the skills she needs. That's it. That's it. Yeah. And I feel the same. Like, I feel exactly the same thing. Uh, yes, and this I remember. Be, yeah, this is good because not only about the not only because of the IELTS test, but because what we learn during the, the classes and so on is something that you can apply in your life, right? You start being you start being more focused and start giving more precise answers when you need and things like that. You have a more broad ability to analyze. Things, right that's yeah. it yeah and I have to say that even on the other bands of the test uh, I got the best score mm. of all other tests except writing because <laughs> you know writing is, uh, writing, right. <laughs> writing is writing <laughs> yes. and I would recommend some teacher for writing as well because writing and speaking they are uh, Yes, yes, you should definitely. I think they are the mm -hmm. worst part of the test. That they they really have some uh, secret about it. 
That's true. That's true. Okay, would you like to say something else to people, to the people watching us and listening to us? Uh, yeah, so I would say that um, having a teacher, having someone um, giving me feedback and evaluating me before the test uh, made a huge difference in my performance, in my score. So you don't know how deeply I regret <laughs> not having the classes before, not having uh, asked for help because mm -hmm. I just thought I would be able to do it by myself. So, so I would say that, like, uh, you might think that b before taking the test, uh, you're going to spend some money. I don't need to spend money on that. But after five tests, <laughs> uh, I can tell you it is worth it to have someone supporting you. Okay, let me say to you again, uh, this was a very, very pleasant time for me to meet you again and have the chance to talk about your performance throughout the IELTS. Uh, it was very, very nice to see you again. And I wish you the best you can have in this life. Thank right? you. <laughs> Thank right. you. And for those of you watching us, I will leave her profile in the description of the video and also in the description of the podcast episode. This is time for us to go now. And I see you in the next videos. Cheers. Cheers. You've listened to Blimey Cost. For more information, check my Instagram profile 